welcome back to this special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined on the line, well, not by Lux, because Lux, well, Lux not, Lux not be here. Uh, but I am joined on the line by our good friend Patrick, better known as DVMTG. Patrick, how are you this fine night? Hello, I'm great. I'm uh, I'm even even better because I'm excited to be joined uh, with you. Uh, uh, gl- always ha- glad to have you on the show. Now you were on once before. Now it's been a long time, I think, hasn't it? Like back, you're back in the fall with us, right? It's been a little bit. Yeah, I want to say it's been um, probably six or seven months, to be honest. Uh, I, okay. I believe we it's talked. I want to say like last November, maybe. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. But uh, always good to uh, to catch up with you. So, oh, it's great. Um, so how you been? How you I've been, been down in the, in, the, in the good state of Florida? The good state of Florida has been, we finally started a rain season. Uh, we had our early winter was very weird because usually that's when it starts to rain a little bit and it was dry for three or four months. And then uh, I remember thinking to myself, this is a little weird because I think we had four days straight of nothing but rain. Um, but it's been good it's getting hot and uh uh, florida is florida is good how how hot are we talking like because like i'm as you know i'm from canada like florida is a whole new new world for of heat how are we talking here oh for sure see i grew up in the north too uh junior canada michigan you're you're from michigan right (laughs) um the heat is different down here it's especially because it's such a humid heat so 85 86 can still feel like you just got your head stuck in the in the drying machine um but lately it's been i want to say it's been like 94 95 but when you go into you know the weather app and it tells you what it feels like it's been like 103 102 yeah it's it's been rough (sighs) oh now i gotta ask are you near a beach uh, I'm close enough to a beach as you can get. I live across the street from uh, SeaWorld. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> uh, it's great because anywhere you go in Florida, um, if you're not near a lake, you're you're an hour and a half from the coast, wherever you're at. So uh, there's there's always oh, beaches and places to go. Well, that's good. Now, I like I my brother ended up doing some he was paddling um, kayaks and doing training down there in the wintertime. Oh, that's cool. And uh, and he was like, uh, Bruce, the water's full of crocs. Like, there's crocodiles <laughs> yes. galore. Crocs. And depending on where you go, sharks, too. Because, like, uh, New Smyrna Sur- oh. Beach out on the East Coast is shark attack capital of the world. And that's that's well, maybe a two-hour drive for me, so. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. What you're telling me is don't go in the water. Okay, awesome. Don't go in the water. <laughs> great. <laughs> no, I'll stay, I'll stay up here in our... Our little lakes up here, where the worst thing you're gonna find in the lake is like a, a pike. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder: if you like what you hear here on the podcast, you be sure you check us out each and every week at thelotuscouncil.com. Um, that you can find our, the show each and every week. Uh, you can find the deck uh, that we post along with our, along with the show. You can find uh, links to the great people over at the Discord who loved MTG and EDH in particular. Um, lots of great things going on. They've been opening lots of box breaks recently um, with lots of product that people like to people want to get in on that stuff. Whatever you're into, they're doing it a little bit of everything over there at thelotuscouncil.com. Do not miss out. Full of great people. Um, you know, we, we, we've, we've here on the podcast, we've been really appreciative of all the support of the people, the other users of the discord who come in, you know, to check out the show, 
and give us feedback and when we ask for ideas for shows or you know quick to, to offer up stuff and then sometimes we get guests like patrick who's also yeah. in there with us so um come and check out the lowscouncil.com the link to the discord is going to be down below in the show notes so if you're interested and you want to be part of this great community come and check it out all right i don't think you're going to regret it uh lots of good to be going to be had so come and check out the lotuscouncil.com all right uh so patrick tonight we're showing me separated we got three segments uh first segment is going to be a little bit garbage or great um which i think you played before but just to, just in case anybody <laughs> is new where we i go to scryfall and find uh, a random card and we discuss if we think it might be garbage or might be secretly great for our commander deck then um obviously i think we're going to talk tonight with you but pr primarily about some of the finance issues um for commander players uh sure. and then last but not least we're going to get to the that tiamat deck that i promised everybody last week but we ran over time when we we're talking rules with um with with lux so we're going to get to tiamat treasures this week so let's get on with our business tonight so segment one we've got garbage or great Tonight's card, everybody, is a is an oldie. This one goes back a long, long way. Um, we have Will of the Wisp. So bl single black for a zero one spirit with flying. Black regenerate Will of the Wisp. That's all there is to it. Zero one regenerating flying spirit. <laughs> now this was a. I remember this one being a rare when I was a kid back and revised when I was when I was oh, open, yeah. up in a packs and, and as a teenager and it's been reprinted a whole slew of times recently it, it got reprinted on in the mystery boosters and it also got reprinted in the on the list along with masters 25 um, as an uncommon so it's been downshifted over time from a rare and revised in fourth edition and ninth down to being an uncommon so patrick is this garbage or is this card great uh there's a lot of great arguments about this card in all honesty um today i guess uh i'd i'd, I'd hate to call it garbage but i think it's got to be in the garbage slot however uh i think at one point in time this was this was a great this was absolutely great uh I mean, if you think about it, you've got you've got a, a creature that's flying. So when it was printed back way back in the day with re revised and fourth edition, flying was still not as common as it is today. You know, flying creatures gave the advantage. True. Uh, True. So it could block things on the ground. It could block things that were flying, and it's got regenerate. So it can block this, anything this that's true. coming at you. This is true. The, the 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 regeneration on it was very powerful. Um, when in a time when regeneration was seemingly put on a lot of creatures, um, like I, I don't know about you, like I remember as a kid playing, and there was a lot of creatures that had regeneration stapled to them. Um, Very much so. And, yep. And so you know, in a different time, like we moved away from this sort of ability generally or if like if, if you do see regeneration on a creature it's expensive it's like a three or four it's expensive activation. it's very you know it's a rare thing that happens yeah yeah so i mean the, the, this had its day in the sun there's no doubt about it but you know my my personal opinion here looking at it is that since this was printed 27 years ago or whatever it was 
this card has now been eclipsed so badly that there's no other cat no other way for us to call it but garbage um you would not want to get dedicated card slot in your hundred to this card um you know unless you're doing something very very specific with it like if you're playing tribal spirits tribal is okay. what i could definitely see yeah yeah like if you're doing if you're doing the tribal thing sure you this could make your deck but in almost any other situations you're probably not going the route of a will of the wisp um if I'm, only because I mean, it just doesn't provide enough impact i could see the argument for maybe maybe like an aristocrat style deck where you need some of those real cheap real easy to sacrifice creatures i get it because then this is just a one black there are ways to generate a whole lot of that um where you can kind of attempt infinite mana into infinite sacks but there are there's still there's there are better choices oh so many better choices so as much as so and and i'm gonna be honest with you the reason this card made my radar when i saw it is was because previously it was a rare it this is clearly like something that wizards deemed to be something that was powerful enough to garner the status as a rare creature even though it is so low impact like you need to do something further to this card to make it a threat uh, otherwise it's just a zero one wall for all intents yep. and purposes that, that <laughs> does a really much. good job of stonewalling your opponents but it stonewalls your opponents um now and you know on top of that i remember as a kid you know this was just got laughed at by by lord of the pit lord oh very pit. much <laughs> whatever any trampler just didn't matter <laughs> didn't care just made made this clown this so you're like all right so it had its limitations um so yeah no i i just think we've we've progressed so much further um from where we were that this is no longer particularly salient and you know i would have to come down on the side of this is garbage in 2021 so i will the wisp <laughs> you're not making the cut in most cases sorry yeah i i think i have to agree with you on the garbage part there's maybe there's an argument for like if you're drafting masters 25 uh maybe there's an argument for old school magic but even it's garbage <laughs> it's garbage. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. You good? Yes. Apparently Craig's still recording, so that's good news. Okay. So yeah, we edit <laughs> I will edit that. It's fine. It's not a problem and it's annoying. But anyway. <laughs> so yes. Alright. <clears throat> will of the Wisp is garbage. So done. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So we are going to move to segment two. We're going to talk some um, some, some finance. Um, and I know we brought you on because you you have a little bit more of a, a, a of a finance pedigree than uh, and than I do, perhaps or <laughs> or Lux. Because uh, I mean, I dabble. I I I you know my dabbling though is mostly me selling my bulk off because I've got so much of it. So, uh, <laughs> but that's still um, something. Yes, yes, it is. Um, but essentially the reason I wanted to bring you on tonight was that there was a theory, let's, let's call it, let's call it four years, back, back in time four years ago, about four years ago or so. Okay. Um, and in the past, there was a period of time when there was an opportunity as we approach rotation, commander players to pick up cards that were rotating out of standard, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and standard players who were looking to get out of their standard cards and get some sort of return, so they could then get into whatever new standard was going to look like. So that means there was sort of a uh, a price point where prices just like sank enough to make uh, commander players be interested in, in snapping up these standard cards that were heading out the door, and and standard players were looking to move them in order to be able to recoup some of their expenses um, going on. Right. Um, and so I guess the question asks is asked: Does this practice still hold, or is there enough that is changed in the uh, the environment of the game that this practice theory no longer holds much water. Um, I think that uh, overall this practice still stands, but it is not nearly the game that it used to be, um, especially within the last year, year and a half or so. Um, within the last, we'll go with the four years or so, like you were saying. Uh, some of the big changes that have happened is there's been so much more product introduced. So what used to happen was you had these great standard sets and then occasionally a supplemental set. Um, but a lot of the great, the, the big juicy commander cards came from a lot of the standard sets. Um, but now you've got uh, Modern Horizons 2 or all, all the Modern Horizons sets. You've got all the commander products. You've got uh, various supplementals like jumpstart that are that are going in between all of these standard sets so there's not really a time where anything has a chance to peak down standard might drop a little bit but while standard is dropping you've still got something like um eternal masters holding strong or double masters that's coming out in two weeks that's you know holding strong so there's not really a moment in time where you can think all right four months before rotation three months before rotation it's time to dump everything or as a commander player say all right, uh, nobody's going to want these Planeswalkers because they're rotating out, so I'm going to pick them all up. Um, that, that still yeah. does happen, though, but, but because of how many, how many sets, and especially how many formats, Pioneer has become huge, Modern has suddenly had a resurgence. Um, there's, there's various uh, formats being created. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, you know, Tiny Leaders had come up. Um, so there's, those <laughs> moments are, are smaller and, and further, uh, not further apart, harder to find, I guess, would be the the correct answer fair enough so uh, yeah like that's sort of where i was coming out i looked at i was looking at it myself and i'm like uh, all the things that were have changed like they're not just the products but like then there's like all the the move and impetus and drive towards premium uh premium product yeah that also floods the market and um you know and so i and also i think there's a lot of commander players that are not just satisfied with playing the the bare bones non-foil version they want to play right. um the the expensive fancy old border foil extended art foil <laughs> foil whatever whatever the the preferred printing variant of it is um well that's you know, the fact that's a that great thing these premium did we lose you again what happened oh no we're good we're back we're good <laughs> Um, I think that's I think that's a great thing because um, well it's a good thing and it and it's not such a great thing. Um, the trend that I've noticed is you know a lot in the past um, when there's alternate art products or there's special foils of products, that's really the go-to. You know when From the Vault came out, like it was so cool to have some of the From the Vault cards because they were they were the different card. But now you have like um, like Core Twenty One 
there's 17 variations of, of Teferi. Um, so I think part of it is great because you can say, hey, I can customize to the cards I want. You know, you might find some people who want the retro frame etched verdant catacombs versus um, the Zendikar uh, expedition ca- verdant catacombs kind of thing. But at the same time, that gives a fear in your head where you're sitting there going, all right, I want to sell my cards because I want to get a premium for them. Or as, as another player, I want to buy these cards because they're cheap. But, but what does the, what is the impact if that card gets reprinted in the next two months, three months uh, within, you know, six months kind of thing there's so many cards that are impactful in these formats that might rotate, but we're going to see in, in a supplemental set four months down the road, you know? So yeah, or they or they put reput into the the mystery booster configuration, oh, gosh, or that the, too, or the list, which which I realize the list has a negligible impact, but it's get one more avenue for them to to, to stick a lot of stuff, or the, the surprise supplemental product because, like, I'm looking at it and you know how surprised I was that there was a leak that, uh, what was the the, the on, on arena? It was like, uh, historic. Horizon. Oh, the historic jumpstart horizons. Yeah, where they just jam a whole bunch of words together and call it a call that call it a new <laughs> set. And like, how you know how surprised I was? Like, not a bit, because you know what's happening in the month of August? There are no releases. But yeah, the product. Yep. So, well, <laughs> your 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 lords over at Hasbro are gonna be like, well. Where yeah. is our money? <laughs> Print something new. Print and something. there, and here, and here, and here it is. I'm like, oh, okay. So, like, you know how surprised I would be if there's yet another, you know, massive supplemental product that was dropped in, like, I don't know, call it like thanks American Thanksgiving. Suddenly, there's even or Most the gift bundles. You know, the gift bundles start to come out and. Yeah, well, I, I don't even count those, but I mean, I think it'd be like a new, it's just a a. a like they're they're doubling up on the on the on the fall standard sets, and then how like how much would you surprise you if they shoehorned in, I don't know, like Jumpstart two at 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 uh, at at, at uh, sorry not Halloween but at uh, American Thanksgiving. Like they they could honestly have... begin to call them like uh, quarter three or quarter four masters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Or or. Or a re or my my honest opinion, it'll be probably a remastered set. They'll remaster something mm-hmm. like Zendikar yep. remastered or something. Just because well, with the popularity of Time Spiral now too, that would not surprise me at all. No, and I think that's what they're going to do because I think they discovered with uh, the master sets that you know it gets tricky to cultivate um, your your masters lists with you know appropriate numbers of reprints of stuff. Yeah, but if you pick a block, you can like you don't have to pretend that you're juicing it with all the best things. Uh, you just say we're cutting out the worst stuff, which yep. is, you know, which is a much easier proposition than, you know, juicing it full of ridiculous things. So all sorts of crazy things, and yeah, you just say, hey, here's uh, a judgment remastered, um, you know, and it's. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll sell, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it'll absolutely sell. Um, so, anyway, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a remastered set come next, next, uh, next Thanksgiving. Like, yep. no doubt about it. So, so I guess the question now becomes: if the age-old practice doesn't really hold water, 
what do players do now to save money? Um, I, if, the, if we're going to buy our cards, when's the correct time for us to buy our cards? It seems to me as if we're being pushed, like we would have previously bought it like two years after it came out, right? Like, mm-hmm. That was sort of the prevailing thought. But right. now is it, do we buy it at release? Or like at full supply when it when, and like three weeks after it drops, or is there you know some sort of other consideration we haven't thought of? Well, with with the way things have changed, um, everything seems to rotate around, and I and I think the the short answer for this is at release, um, and the and the long answer for it is because uh, if you remember back in the day, um, you used to have before Arena, you used to have set previews. Um, and then you'd start up and you'd get to uh, release day, and then the next Friday would be a Star City Games tournament. And it'd be a huge one that would be broadcast yes. all over the internet kind of thing. Um, and It was a big deal. That was, that was the point where cards would spike again, and, and various things like that. Well, now we, we don't have that. We have previews, and then suddenly there's a huge release on Arena where the internet hits so hard and so fast that within 24, 48 hours... We know what cards are going to get banned. Um, and there's really no time for prices. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There's really no time for prices well, you're, you're to fluctuate wrong. like they used to. You know, back with the old SCG game, you, you would see something win on camera and you could guarantee that within 48 hours that card would spike. But because of that card spike, maybe there's something else that nobody didn't see or a sleeper card. And so there was like this month of, of fluctuations. Um, but because of the way things are working, You've got all of these uh, super inflated pre-release prices, you know, uh, planeswalkers that are, are pre-release price for um, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Um, and then there's a mass amount of people opening them. And then there's there's honestly, there's about a week or two weeks where all of those cards just drop like mad. And that's the perfect time, I think, to yeah. pick everything up is once you do pre-release and you go into the week of maybe like the first FNM or something. Um, that's the that's the time to have your trade binder. That's the time to go start picking up things from from stores from people because a the stores are going to have an influx of things that people who rip open boxes they 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 sell all all of their a their draft chaff and b the cards that they don't want. Um, but that's also the great time to 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 just kind of absorb it all, I guess. Um, yeah, you know. But that's really only for standard. Um, the, the supplemental sets, uh, you know, the commander sets, the the secret layers, the, all those things that come out. Um, I hate to say it because this is so out of practice, but I think the best time to pick that stuff up is to buy it sealed. You know, if yeah. you want, if you want those cards for the best price that you're going to get them, spend thirty bucks on the secret layer because that secret layer is going to go up, or spend a hundred dollars on the commander uh, legends booster uh, booster box because a lot of those cards are suddenly going because of commanders are going to see their their influx and their spikes and and you know suddenly people will figure out that jeweled lotus is <laughs> fantastic and you know things like that so it's it's really weird with with when oh, and how and what but you just got to you got to watch what the products is and, and how the market fluctuates there's there's really no go-to answer for it anymore Lotus made me cry. I dumped all over that <laughs> card here on the podcast. <laughs> now I'm eating my words because it's expensive. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, for 60, like, 60, 65, I think, is like TCG low. For, yeah, for the on foil. And if you get the for, extended art foil version, you're in, you're oh gosh. hitting several hundred dollars. All the way up there. But here's the yeah. thing, though, too. Book, 
mm-hmm. when you're when you're thinking about finance with when is the right time to pick up cards now because of all that crazy stuff there's not really a great time to dump cards either you know four months before rotation for somebody like me who who would be buying and buying and buying was a great time to dump my collection and now that yeah. i don't really have that anymore no it's 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 not and um you know, you look at your standard cards, if you have any, and you're like, what's worth anything worth moving? And you're like, wait, there's nothing. Like, there's very, yeah. li- there's very little. Um, you know, <laughs> just, I also think Arena has drastically impacted, the, particularly for, for those of us looking for like, standard cards that might be seeing play in, in Commander, because um, the predominantly competitive play has been moved to on the online world with mm-hmm. arena. And so the demand for standard cards just isn't quite the same as it was. Like what you say back in the day, I remember when concert card Turkey dropped and that opening weekend when SCG displayed, like had their opening weekend tournament. Yep. And like there was a, there was a, just a ridiculous just guy deck that was, mopping up the the top tables and all those cars just went crazy oh yeah yeah uh oh gosh what is that one called um it's it's played in a human stack now it's a a mantis uh mantis Mantis rider Rider. was was a bulk card throughout all of spoilers and and maybe like the first week and then just shot up at least 10 bucks yeah it was like 10 bucks 10 10, 12 bucks like really quick and I, i remember that like vividly and when Cone of Flame fit was in the deck and was a five dollar uncommon, yeah, Cone of Flame. <laughs> I yeah, think that was it. That sounds about right. Yeah, it was like a five dollar uncommon because it was like the preeminent burn spell that you you they replayed as removal. Yep. Um, in the deck, and because Mantis Rider had vigilance, and um, Cone of Flame had Convoke, I'm pretty sure you could. I'm gonna double check this in a second <laughs> cone of fl- cone of flame let me double check here i maybe i'm talking about my posterior <laughs> maybe i'm not i don't think so no oh, oh maybe no, you're thinking no, of stoke the flames yeah stoke the flames there That's we go the one. stoke the flames come on come on yeah that's the one <laughs> yeah yeah so that was like you could you could attack with your riders and then invoke out your your spell and then burn out their thing yep so yeah no um yeah yeah and then arena then, like, has changed so yep. much of of how we do things and it has it really really has so i guess the next question is should players be focusing on certain types of product like should we be moving away from any interest in in standard product because you know generally um, you know, standard seems to be less impactful than it once was. Should we should we be pushing set boosters? Um, trying to do that instead of and moving away from the the draft boosters. Should we be buying all these permit commander precons because there's now commander precons at almost every set release? Like, what do we? Where do we put our money? This is really the I think, question. I um, think there's definitely two places that that you want to put your money. Um, and every, I guess part of it depends on the type of player that you are. Um, but I, back before, uh, you know, a lot of the supplemental product where we were getting so much product coming out per year, you know, they really, when Commander was getting popular, they really started to push a lot of Commander staples into Standard. Um, 
and and now I think because of how much product is coming out, we're seeing less and less of that. Yes, standard has great legends and 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 various great cards to to put into it, but now we have things that can help us with our commander decks, like Commander Legends or Modern Horizons Two, or so I, I think it it really depends on on how competitive you are. But I think buying into supplemental products is is going to be smarter than buying into standard. But I think there's also an aspect that says all of the standard products are where the great, beautiful foils and, and the alternates are. You know, we were talking just before this about the Kaldheim um, uh, showcase cards. Like, those are those are so gorgeous. Um, you know, so, like, that's always... That's some place to go pick up all of those as well. Uh, it, it depends on how you play. If you, if yeah. you want to bling out your deck, you know, um, versus if you want to play, like, the super competitive, if you're, if you're a CDH kind of person, CDH people, 100%. Are, are avoiding standard products so oh yeah yeah like i'm 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 actually just pulling up the commanders from strixhaven just to see what the play pattern is on some of those just to sort of give put things in, in context because we were talking about like what what commanders are are being played and so you're talking like you're looking at strixhaven you have uh which you know based on based on is when it's released is sort of gotten as much uh codified as is going to get into for the um, or for you know where those decks are going to land in terms of prop popularity right extus belladros and then you're into dina soul steeper is third which is kind of surprising which um, is also in uh which is perhaps why it's as popular as it is which would you know yeah there um Cody, the Codex book, uh, Killian Ink Duelist has got 511 decks, and now we're starting getting into like weird stuff. Like, I would have, oh, Velomachus is like 10th on that out of their, yeah, it's like 10th. Surprises me because I thought that card would have been like really popular. Velomachus is cool. Um, it is cool. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, like I'm looking at these commanders and like how many would I be jazzed to like sleeve up and and take into battle and i'm like yep. there's not too many like and especially specifically know. as a commander not just as a part of your commander deck like belladros is great don't get me wrong that's one of the coolest golgari dragons that i've seen in a long time um and it reminds me of great things yep. like you know like the swords and but are there better cards that i could use as my commander for that probably you know velimachus is great yep. it has super super unique thing but but do I really want Velimachus as my commander? Or, like, how do I build around that? And it's just, I feel like the, a lot of the sets these days are going that way. Maybe there's one or two, you know, like with um, um, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Like, yeah, we got Tiamat. That's so great. If I'm building a and d themed deck, then Tiamat's a great commander. But maybe I want to uh, reconsider, you know, Sign of the Ear Dragon or, you know. So it's, I don't feel like yeah. there's a whole lot of commander and standard anymore. They have 42 commanders. Uh, so Prosper Tomebound, which is like, I'm pretty sure is in the command is in one of the command is in one of the commander decks. And Tiamat, Volo, Sephiris. Yeah, Volo Sephiris and Galea. An, an interesting Volo one. Because every once in a while you get a commander uh, or a legendary card rather that has such a unique um uh, thing about it that you're just like i got, i don't know if, i don't care if it's good i don't care if it's bad i gotta build around it 
Um, and Volo to, is definitely that to me. Yeah, and Volo's, <laughs> Volo, Volo's that way. Volo's that way. Um, and then you know Xanathar. I thought Minsk was gonna be Minsk was gonna be more popular than he appears to be. And Kalane is Kalane's cool. Yeah, that's Who's true. Who's the painter? She's cool. That but, that could lead to some anyway, really cool no, interactions. Cloth unrivaled ancient. Some of these I haven't seen. Where why where have I been? <laughs> <laughs> old Nawbone. I want me some old Nawbone. <laughs> old Nawbone is great. Yeah, too bad he's $25. <laughs> and you know what made me really sad about the Adventures of the Forgotten Realms? Is Brunor, because Brunor is like every other Boros commander ever. Hi. Oh gosh. Yeah. As a kid who read all the adventures in Icewind Dale with Brunor and Drizzt and all these characters, it made me so sad when they like nerfed his character into this ridiculous Boros commander. I'm like, boo. <laughs> they could have done so much better and they just didn't. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So yeah, I think you're right where people are moving away from buying standard product because there's really is very little that is actually compelling in the standard sets. Um, like there really isn't. Like there's a yeah. few there's a few pieces that are that are exciting. Um, you know, I'm looking at the commanders, looking at the other cards, and you know you get thing you you'll get the cards like circle like circle of dreams druid, which is the guy's cradle on a stick. Right. Um, Zorn, which is like the, the the treasure perk card is pretty cool. That one's kind of, you know, neat. Um, you know, you, you know, treasure vault with all these treasure cards is pretty cool, but like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that is just questionable. In the yeah. Set. Like, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's Vorpal sword. Part of that though, too, I think Vorpal sword, I think part of that though, too, is um, when you take a step back, adventures in the forgotten realms is, is is a different set than what we've had in the future or in the past rather um you know there's a lot of very unique things that they put onto some of these creatures or some of these cards um just even looking through it like yeah uh, like oh, demilich sure. and you know eliwick and so there's a lot of unexplored territory so with sets like this i wouldn't be surprised if if this is the lull for a lot of these cards you know the book of vile darkness the deck of many things um because maybe in three or four weeks, once we finally discover, or once rotation hits, that these cards are great, then you will have missed out. Versus in the past, where we, you know, where we get Ravnica five or Zendikar four, um, you kind of know what to expect with those sets, you know. So, again, it, yeah. it, picking up your cards is you just gotta keep an eye on things. No, for sure, it's it, it's going to reward people who do their research. Basically, yep. do your research and. Um, you know, be prepared to look at synergy pieces and buy buy what you what you need. And I think it's really the the, the real the real tricks. Like buy what you need. Yep. Um, and like there's and just you know there's a lot of chaff worth avoiding because they're just not that exciting. Like, it's not that exciting. Although like, I will really, say. Since since we're on the topic of of commander cards and standard cards and adventures in the Forgotten Realms, I'm gonna throw it out there and I'm gonna say the deck of many things is something that almost every commander deck is gonna want. It's like deck three bucks many. right now at most, 
It's an art. It's a legendary artifact for five, and it's the one that has four different um, or three different uh, results for rolling a d twenty. So you can uh, oh. you can roll a d twenty and subtract the number of cards in your hand. Um, if you get a one through nine, you return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. If you get a ten through nineteen, you draw two cards. If you get a nat twenty, which is <laughs> awesome, you get to put a creature card from any graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And when that creature dies, its owner loses the Ooh. game. Like, it's so versatile. And at three bucks, I don't think you can go wrong. This is a great commander pickup. That actually is. That's it's really fun too. That's a fun card. That's that's. I mean, that's that's the thing too. Commanders for a lot of people, yes, a lot of people play competitive, but like, it's a fun thing. You play at the kitchen table, and so it's great. Like, if you if you roll if the result is zero or less, you discard your hand, and you just get you know everybody laughs at each other. But when you get a nat twenty. And you get somebody else's um, Elish Norn, and like, you know, it's 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 a great it's a great thing. <laughs> and then you dare someone to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kill his Elish Norn, kill the Elish Norn now, and then he dies. And we know uh, we all know how those kind of commander games go. <laughs> uh, those are the ones where your friend looks at you and he goes, "I hate you." <laughs> yep, you the secret alliances <laughs> are created. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. No, well, for sure. I think that's a good. That's a good. That's a good call. People are uh, looking for something to 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 grab that's not too pricey, but it's going to be going to add some uh, some excitement to your game. I think that's uh, that's a good spot. Um, yep. All right. So I guess the question inevitably comes around to the question of the reserve list, which is invariably got to get asked. So <laughs> we know the reserve list is kind of like Wizards Sacred Cow. They don't they don't want to go there. They really yeah. they're prepared to print it on like put all this stuff on MTGO. Oh, because we've they we've, they've done the vintage masters, they've done that stuff digitally, but they've not reprinted things in paper. Um and you know, it feels to me like there's a lot of impetus to print a lot of stuff to generate an awful lot of returns to um to hasbro mm -hmm. um as the parent company and do you think that the wizards of the coast is going to walk back the policy to capitalize on some of these profits um that they could accrue from you know if they if they reprinted dual lands literally they could not keep the packs on the shelves correct like, they would just be snapped up in a heartbeat and yes, the market be flooded with 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 underground seas and troughs and volcanics and everything else. But the truth of the matter is going to become wizards may not care, and they just made a dump truck load of money from reprinting the reserve list. Just like if they reprinted doubling season or they reprint, <laughs> you know, these, these 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 cards that are valuable and sought after. Like we, they set, they move sets, they move the needle on these sets. Like Tarmogoyf they do anymore, but like like some of these expensive cards move the needle. And so, you know, do you do you think that we're they're ever going to see that where they go back to like I because I kind of look at it. There's like a there's like two tiers of reserve, well three tiers of reserve lists. Like there's the untouchable. I think I think we lost you again. And there's other good, good reserve list cards that could see reprint, 
And then there's the bad, tra the bad trash that they could reprint it, nobody would blink. The, I don't know, like the, the, is it Astrolabe is one of them, I believe? It's like a <laughs> reserve list card. Um, I'm just going to double check. There's, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely cards in the reserve list that, that if they ever get reprinted, 100%, no one would ever care. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For I think sure. Pirate like, Ship is saying. on the reserve list. Like, nobody's going to care if Pirate Ship gets reprinted. <laughs> implements of Sacrifice. I remember that Implements of Sacrifice is one that. Implements of Sacrifice is the reserve list. I'm pretty sure it is. This is, really, this is, a, this is an artifact from uh, Fallen Empires, which was just atrocious. Uh, where one, one sack <laughs> sacrifice or one tap sacrifice influence of act sacrifice add two mana of any one color like really like what are we doing like, how is I this? there are some things on the reserve list that I don't think anybody can explain um, obviously <laughs> there are some things on the reserve list because the way that they've printed them or the wording they've used or whatever it is is just too hard to translate um, oh yeah yeah you know in into a modern card. Um, and they've, you know, they've even come out and said it, um, you know, a lot of them, if they were to reprint, reprint them with wordings that we have, that wouldn't even fit on the card. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think in general, there's so many, there's so many, uh, sides to whether or not, you know, what would happen with re, uh, with the preserved list getting reprinted or, um, and I think, I think there is some truth a little bit to part of the, the secondary market taking a huge hit. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like if you were to print the reserved list, it's the same thing as giving everybody one share of the Dow, you know? Um, yeah. it just, there's, there's so much value, especially collectors, uh, you know, PSA 10, uh, power nines that, that people are holding on to that's, it's unregistered or what do they, what do they call it? It's, uh, unlicensed assets. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you do print, if you do reprint, let's say like the dual lands or part of the reserve list or whatever, maybe you could have things where where wizards would be the cash money grab and they'd be selling off the shelves, and you might be able to revive legacy or vintage or you know, and all of these suddenly I could own a trop, uh, you know, for for less than a month's salary kind of thing. Yeah, um, seriously, that's what hurts too. Is like you you you, you I like I have <laughs> I have twenty odd decks. I'd love to like. Just own one of each one, so like, and then proxy to my deck. But even that, like, buying yep. one of each of the, even the revised, like, jacked up versions is still expensive, right? It still costs a lot of money. So, yeah. But I don't, I don't think it'll ever happen, honestly. You know, I think that they're going to get as close as they can um, with, I mean, things like uh, MTGO, like they do have Vintage Masters. Or they just announced something that's a part of I don't remember what the keyword on the card is, but it's a part of the um the jumpstart historic horizons um that can pull cards out of thin air kind of thing. And they reviewed or they they spoiled a, a tropical island that could be one of these cards that you could randomly pull out from jumpstart on, on right. arena. Um so they they're gonna get close to it and they have functional reprints of a lot of these cards. Um there's arguments that that there's cards printed today that are even better than cards on a reserved list. You know, we've got um, tri lands now. We've got so many variations of dual lands. We've got a jeweled lotus. It's so I don't know how much good it really would do, um, other than just kind of crash a couple of people's collections. <laughs> yes, and those people would be pissed. Oh but... yeah, they they would they would uh, lose a, a small portion of their player base, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, 
and people would be really, really bent. But, you know, all of us would be like, well, I could get my trop. <laughs> right? I mean, that'd be great. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to go get Power 9 right away. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm not sure that I, I, I still, even if, they, even if they start reprinting some of the reserve list stuff, I don't think they're ever reprinting the Power 9. Like, as much as I would love to see. Time I think, twisters and such, but I think if it if it ever is plausible, it would be uh reprinting, yeah, select cards. Like we're not gonna reprint Power Nine or or maybe not even duels, but we might do things like reprint Grim Monolith or something like that, you yeah. know. Yeah, like that's the card like you could totally reprint that and like nobody like people would be bent because the card's expensive. Like let's yep. just go and see what does a Grim Monolith cost. It's it's expensive. I know that much. I don't know how expensive. Yeah, like the Rivers Legacy version is like three hundred and seventy dollars. Like that, yep. that that hurts, right? Like that's a lot of yep. that's buku de money. <laughs> that's um, a lot of cash. Yeah, so I understand that people don't really want to like lose three hundred and seventy dollars, like because if you reprint it, it craters and it's like twenty bucks. Yep. <laughs> but, um, but like this would not hurt to reprint it. For those of us who want to play it, like really put it put in a, put in a supplemental product where it can't be, it can't accidentally slip into standard. Where oops, that would be a big that would be a big no no. no. <laughs> um, although with a power level of standard these days, I'm not even not even convinced of that. But um, that's true. Like the power level of standard, like now, granted, might things might be different once Eldrain leaves, but like. Things going to be like, very different. Aldrin <laughs> <Eldraine> cheated. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They had so many banned cards that, yeah. But yeah, like, but like with Kaladesh too, it was the same thing. I remember like at the time, like there were so many things banned out of Kaladesh. It was yep. almost comical. Well, same thing with Aldrin. There's so many broken cards um, that, you know, just begs the question, like, you know, is it possible that Grim Monolith could be like slipped into certain standards and not right. break the format. Yeah. I would argue there would be formats where it could probably slip in and it'd be okay. Currently, I think with, with had you put it in Eldrain, I don't think people would have blinked. If you're gonna if you're gonna print cards like that, I think in all honesty, uh, the the best way to go about it for physically printing would probably be the list. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. I mean when you think about it, the list is is. If you get a set, uh, like let's say you, you buy a, a box of uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms set booster, you know, you might get six or seven boosters in that box that have a card from the list. Yeah. But the absolute, the, the chances of you, you know, pulling a, a Black Lotus or, or whatever it may be is so astronomical that you might just go buy scratch off tickets and have a better chance still. Absolutely. So that, that, if they ever considered, I think that's the most plausible point. No, that's fair. That's a fair, fair point. So, maybe I was going to pick your brains here for, for some prognosis for some of these some of these products that have come out in the last little bit, um, because people might have been opening some of these products in the not too distant past and not too sure what you know they would be you know where they're looking at. Would these be products that are going to see their prices continue to to, to to spike or are they on sort of on the wane and the prices are going to be dipping a bit here and people should be looking to get in on them um so let's start with like commander legends because it came out last november um it was real pretty well received by um well pretty much everybody it was 
a lot of a lot for people to digest for commander players holy moly yep. oh yeah um but you know we don't hear too much talk about commander legends anymore um i think you know it's no longer the the hot thing on the market it's not the hot thing to go to the store and pick up so what's the story with commander legends is this thing going to be something that's now starting to tick up in price or are we still holding steady and people can grab it at sort of at their leisure well with with any product that uh passes time um you know it's especially sealed products it's always going to tick up over time you're going to have cards yeah. in commander legends that are that are currently two dollars right now that are slowly going to tick up in three years they're going to be five dollars um commander legends was interesting because when it came out it was very much so there were a couple of you know like super chase cards um but a lot of it was so was so median you know like an average price for everything and it's kind of there have been a lot of cards that have settled down a lot of cards that have definitely spiked so because of that um i think in general it's it's still a great product to pick up if you can get it you know definitely go pick it up rip open a couple packs especially if you can get the the collector's boosters of that mm, yes absolute you know that's an, just just an absolute win um and i think in general there's going to be a lot of cards that uh because it it was really just kind of looked over um in terms of of how wizards had had sent it out they said all right here you can go draft commander with a couple of these boosters and then it kind of just died down and now people are just ripping it for product gives you a great opportunity to pick up so many cheap commander cards especially if you can get the foils and stuff so it's 100 percent. i would i would keep picking this up cool all right similarly we have jumpstart which has been a product that's been that's been pretty mired in like uh, availability issues because of uh, a whole fa- bunch of factors, in- including just production mishaps and distrib- yep. It's not like mostly distribution, mostly, but I imagine there's also some measure of uh, the the issues stemming from just print physically printing the cards. Yeah. Um. What what should people be be thinking about this one? Is this something that's going to continue to to drop in price? Is more of it slowly gets like leaked onto shelves, or what do you think? I think Jumpstart is going to become a product that is is a bit rare in what it does. It's just going to become stale. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of the the big chase cards, the uh, you know the Crater Hoof Behemoths and stuff. Because we had a second wave and 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 multiple wave printings of this now, um, the the big cards have have reached their price memory points, and everything else is just kind of dropping off. There's a, there's really no point in picking up Jumpstart unless you want to play it. To be honest, right? So if you are looking for an Allosaurus Shepherd, you're <laughs> it's it's you're not gonna better off too buying much. an Allosaurus Shepherd than 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 hunting it in packs. Exactly. Cool. Um Time Spiral Master, which was an interest an interesting product um to see a remastered set. They've done remastered on MTGO um and to to some degree, but to see it come to paper was interesting. And there were some very interesting cards I mean, um, and the old border feature was, oh, was also interest, also quite interesting. I don't. So, as someone who didn't ever really play with the old border, it's it's interesting to me. It's not it's not a motivator. But um, what, what do you think of what do you think of, of Time Spiral Remastered? Uh, in in terms of of prices for singles and things like that, um, really, it's it's kind of reached its peak. You know, uh, Time Spiral Remastered in general, I think, will continue to go up for a little bit longer um, simply because people want to rip open packs 
of cards that they had growing up and cards with the the old retro borders growing up like there's such a nostalgia factor to it and that's the only and that's the only reason i think you should pick it up but if you're going to do that i think now is the time to do it it's going to start creeping you're going to start seeing boxes for 400 plus so cool. uh, but in terms of singles i mean especially for commander decks if you really like the retro frames definitely go pick them up now but otherwise there's there's really no reason to pick up time spiral singles I'm going to be, be honest with you. I, I did open a Time Spiral Master Pack with a old boy, old border Solemn Simulacrum, and that's it. That <laughs> They're so cool. That looked cool. I have to they say, are. that was pretty sweet. Um, I also had, uh, what is it called? One with, oh, Infinite Threaten. You can, you can combo it with, with uh, Kiki Jiki to threaten it for your opponent. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, um, gosh, there's a couple of them. Uh, Blade it's from Avison, Avison Restore. No, what's the other one? Oh, gosh. People you know what card I'm talking about, though. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's like five mana, three, three, blink it, and you, and you just go ham with Kiki G. Zealous Conscripts. That's the one. There we go. <laughs> Zealous Conscripts. You make, oh, it's not threatened, but yeah, you can untap a thing and gain, yeah, gain control of a creature, untap it. You untap your Kiki and make more things, and yeah. that's the interesting part about this set is because, like, I remember when they announced it and they said, you know, retro frames are going to be a thing. I got so excited um, because I I grew up during that era. You know, I I started in Weatherlight with the old frames, and that was just calling back to my childhood. But there's so many cards that they reprinted as a part of the um, I don't remember what they call it for Time Spiral Remaster, but as the extras. Yeah. Um, that it's it's cards that don't have value. Like Zealous Conscripts is a great card, but unfortunately, it's you know it's like a dollar, two dollars. You know, uh, you know Pyromancer, yeah. Sad Robot, you know uh, Thrag Tusk. They're all great cards, especially for Commander, but there's no value. So it's I don't think there's any any risk at all in in waiting or picking them up now. Gotcha. And then last but not least, we have uh, Modern Horizons Two, which um, as a set is pretty gas. So what are your thoughts on this? Should we get people be be buying into this or or buy 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 if i had a bell i'd be ringing it right now <laughs> um gotcha. i i am so hyped about this set i mean yes there's already cards that um you know like ragavan that that as soon as the yeah. internet they, they spiked before they could even sell <laughs> um but there's so much design space that wizards used within modern horizons 2 for for not just modern you know commander legacy uh casual decks that I think there's so much unexplored territory in a lot of these cards that so many of them have a ton of a ton of uh, room before they hit a glass ceiling. Um, so by all means, pick this up, pick it up sealed, pick up singles. Um, if this is if there are cards in the set that you want to play, they're not going to drop. You go pick them up now. Yeah, Cabal <laughs> Coffers, Urza Saga, all the shaw, or sorry, all the fetches. Yep. Fetches that are at an all-time low. You can get a skull, a a uh, a scalding tarn, um, not even an extended uh, art, you know, just a regular old scalding tarn for like thirty-two bucks. That is the lowest I have ever seen scalding tarn. Yeah, I don't even own a tarn. <laughs> I, should. I should do something about that. It's only thirty I bucks. You should do something about. That. I should sell some bulk, some more bulk, buy a buy a tarn. But there's so many great cards like like um, Dam is such a great card, especially I think for Commander yeah. because you can throw it in so many different decks. Um, or uh, there's there's just there's so much gold in this uh, in this set that 
Well, you know? the, 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 the evoke creatures are cool. Like the evoke, the evoke ones are nuts. Um, all five of them are good. Uh, the red one is less good, but the other, all the other four are all, are all strong. Um, but they're, I mean, they're all great. And, but there's also reprints like the, the, the full art foil counterspell is still oh. only a couple bucks, but it's, it's, I think the, the, the best looking counterspell that's ever been printed. So even if you're not looking for new stuff, there's still old stuff to grab. That's that's awesome. I'm going to be honest, I still maintain the best looking counterspell ever is the one from Ice Age. That's me. That's me. <laughs> Ice Age counterspell is where to it's each at. their own. I I use a seventh edition German, but to each their own. Oh, German. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like. I do have to say, I, I've always been a sucker for German cards, if only because the names are unreasonably long. Do yourself a, a a favor and look up Worm Coil Engine when you get a chance. It's <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, all right. I'm going to do it right now. Worm <laughs> Coil Engine German. Here we go, folks. Get on the internet. What is it? What is? It? Oh my goodness! What is this? <laughs> Worm Spiral Machine. I love it. I want it. <laughs> I want it. I want that card now. And I want the masterpiece with it. That's what I want. The masterpiece worms for. Is there a worm, masterpiece worms for worms by worm? Uh, worm uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember. Oh, that may have been so, a Galadash. No, it's not, it's not. Somebody just used the the masterpiece frame. Oh, uh, that's still be cool though. That'd be cool. That would've been a cool. Anyway, yes, I agree. I do like the German cards. I have. Uh, a German um, Lyra from oh, okay. Dominaria, and she's extra pretty and even better in German. Nice. <laughs> yeah, what I don't—it uh, it doesn't even that like doesn't even change her, her that much. Like if I like find her, uh, no, that's the wrong one. Where's my German? Where did she go? I can't find her right now. Anyway, um, it's still a cool, cool thing. Yeah. I like the German. I like German cards, and people look at me weird. I'm like, nah, I like them. I think they're funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a, I have a, I also have a Russian Deathless Raptor, which I think is also funny. Nice. I can't even read it. I'm like, I just know it. <laughs> I just know it's the Raptor. I'm like, yeah, Raptor. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Thanks. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk that all through with it, everybody. Um, I hope. Are you out there in the audience have uh, you know taken a little bit from this and can action a little bit of it because there's so much out there now is actually kind of daunting. If I can't imagine if I was a new player right now walking into a store because my friends had told me, "Hey, come play Commander on Friday night. Get yourself a deck and come on in." Like if you walked into a store, like yeah, they have the precons, but like. You know, you're not going to want to just start start with the precon. Like you got a precon and what else? Like there's so many right. options that somebody would be like, "Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What, what do I what do I get? What do I do?" And it's so daunting. Like, you know, it's uh it would be such a difficult position to be put in. So, it's uh appreciated that you take the time to help our our audience uh of, you know, work it out and maybe they have ideas now about what to get by. Maybe they know they're going to avoid the standard sets, you know, more often. They're going to spend a little more focus on some secondary stuff. Um, you know, buy some MH2, buy some subtleties, buy some Urza Saga, buy some, yep. uh, you know, don't buy Ragavan. <laughs> don't, buy, don't buy Ragavan. Bad commander card. 
<laughs> the bad commander card. We'll um, see. I got a buddy who's building a Ragavan deck uh, for us to play against in about two weeks. So I'll get back to you on this and I'll let you know. Well, I would be keen to know if Ragavan uh, holds his weight. I, but I'm kind of inclined. <laughs> I mean, there is something to be said for ha- having Ragavan hit turn turn one. This is what that's going to happen. Like, right. Mono, oh, yeah. mono, mono red deck, you're, you know, you're seeing the monkey turn one. But <laughs> I would argue that with so many. Um, um, with so many like opponents that it's significantly more difficult to make Ragavan that more imp- that much impactful. It'll be rough to sustain, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I wish him luck. I wish him all the best. Um, all right, so we'll move on to segment three, uh, where I'm going to share with you my Tiamat deck. So my Tiamat treasures deck. Um, Patrick, you've had a chance to look at the link. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Uh, also, folks, if you want to check out the link, you can always go find it um, on uh, mockshill.com. L- look under the, the username, the Epic Experiment Podcast, all one word. So this week's deck is Tiamat. So Tiamat is a uh, legendary creature, Dragon God, from v- Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. With uh, So it's 7-7 seven, seven for two, then white, blue, black, Red, green, so Wooburgs, five-color dragon, flying, and when Tiamat enters the battlefield, if you cast it, search your library for up to five dragon cards, um, not named Tiamat, that each have different names. Reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. So Tiamat is cool. You're getting five-colored dragon nonsense. Um, now, my whole focus here, folks, I'm going to be very, very honest with you, is all about the treasures. I really do strongly believe that the majority of what we're doing here is just playing um, playing treasure makers as much as we can um, because I do really think that we can there is now a critical mass of treasure makers that the the need to lean on our mana rocks um, has is being reduced and which means you can put things in your deck that now just do uh, now do double duty. They act as a form of ramp for you, but they also provide you with some sort of other perk, whether it's a body or a counter spell or a or a bounce spell, a removal spell, or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of benefit to be gained from this, since, since you don't just consecrate slots in your deck to ramp, which is you know one of those things that always bothers me about ramp pieces like you know sure you play your sol ring you play your arcane signet which i kind of think are card choices one and two in every deck you play um but after that there's a lot of other options you can use to really um accelerate and if you can use like your if your things you have can be used to create treasure then you know you're getting them to do double duty so um, and essentially, like my thought process was started with Magda, uh, Magda Brazen Outlaw, and any way you can get to Tapper, um, because Jespera Sentinel and Magda, right now in, in Standard 22, are a powerful engine. When you have a powerful engine like that, you can see how important making treasure can be, and away we go. So that that was the the impetus for my deck. Um, was really actually like Tiamat plus 
uh, Magda and things that make, make Magda tap to make treasure, leading into all the treasure. <laughs> so, um, and then you're, you're incidentally looking for things that are going to, um, going to lead you to dragons. <laughs> so, um, you know, once you have your treasure makers, so treasure makers are things like, uh, Magda, Prosperous Innkeeper, which is another one from Forgot, um, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, which is a sweet, sweet card, uh, which gives you a treasure, but then also, uh, gains you a life whenever you enter, enter a creature under the battlefield. You get a, a Academy Manufacturer, which is super cool, because, uh, if you would create a clue of food or a treasure instead, create one of each, so you can do things like, if you would make a food, now you're making a food, a clue, and a treasure. Um, Captain Lannery Storm is pretty sweet. Sailor of Means. Um, Tyler's Provisioner is nuts because it's got Landfall and Landfall make treasure. Uh, yes, please. Uh, Jorn, or Jorn, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. X-O-R-N from uh, Forgotten Realms. Uh, this is the one where you, if you're going to make a treasure, you make an extra one. Galazeth, Pithas Plunderer. And it goes on and on and on, folks. Like There's a ton of cards that make... Um, treasure tokens in this deck i'm not sure i counted them all but piles of them then you're going on to things that are going to allow you to use those treasure all right so the idea of being things like um i thought inspiring statuary seemed like a really cool place to start because inspiring statuary allows you to take those treasures and now you can tap them to to like improvise oh gosh that's things. right yeah that was kind of the idea. You inspiring statuary, and now all these tokens that you have floating around, whether it's from your monologue tax or your Tamiyo's journal or your Magda or whatever, you can now use them to ramp and make your things come out faster. And that seems like fun. Um, you have your underworld cookbook to make things, and just yeah. So, um, or you have things like Reckless Fireweaver. You know, when uh, you make artifacts, you're just going to ping your opponents. And, you know, you're just going to burn them out. And then if that doesn't do it, you just have dragons. Because, you know, dragons are awesome. But dragons are expensive. That's the problem. At least good dragons. Good dragons are expensive. Um, so some of the dragons in here are good. Some of the dragons in here are not good. Um, because we're trying to play it on a budget. I don't want to tell you folks, the budget of this deck is already 375 bucks or $70. <laughs> it's expensive. Like that's way more than we normally spend on this show. Like we try to keep it to like 100, 100, 150. Like that's sort of tops. But with dragons, it gets expensive. Because you're playing things like Goldspan Dragon. Look, I can't justify not playing Goldspan Dragon, folks, because Goldspan Dragon makes exactly what I want. It makes treasure. So, um, you're going to suck it up and, we, and you build put the $22 dragon in your deck uh corvold corvold makes you wants you to sack things you know what you have lots of things lying around you can sacrifice you're paying $13 for a corvold well that stinks um you know you're still paying you know money good money for some of these you're paying $20 or $25 for an old gnawbone utavra hellkite because that's just that's just nuts like that one is like making <laughs> dragon tokens um you know so that's the that's sort of the idea um lots and lots and lots of 
um, things that make treasure, and then wings to use treasure, and then uh, you just kill your opponents with dragons, or maybe the Revel and Riches just get, sneaks you the win out of nowhere. You know, because you can. So, um, and then your mana base, folks, uh, again, it gets expensive. I purposely didn't put Shocklands in here because Shocklands get really expensive. Um, what I'm playing predominantly is Pathways, folks. Um, because I actually think people sh are, are undervaluing the Pathways. Um, in Commander in particular. Because I know everyone goes, oh, they're so bad. I'm like, no, they're no, not. They're so good. Because they always... Okay, whoa, I disappeared again. Oh, there you are. Oh, how much of a how much did I did you catch? Probably not enough. Uh, not enough. Uh, not not a whole lot. Ah, nuts. Okay. Um. So yeah. No. So I, I was talking about inspiring inspiring statuary and ways to utilize your treasure. Um. And then going on into um. If you're going to get away with playing things like your uh your treasure things, you're going to utilize uh you know. Reckless Fireweaver, and then you go straight into all the dra all the Daggerons that are just gonna like eat your opponents for breakfast because that's like <laughs> you know that's the fun part, right? You want to yeah. you want all you want all of them dragons. Um, the the dragons are expensive. I'm sorry, folks. I don't have a good way to to, to slice it up. They're just pricey. Those pitiless plunderer that makes me so frustrated that this uncommon is a twelve dollar uncommon right now. But anyway, what do I know? That's um, true. Yeah. But yeah, you're playing some some dragons, and there's some that are bad. I'm not gonna lie. There's some that are really expensive um, to put in a deck, like uh, your Terror of the Peaks, your Goldfan Dragon, your what else is there? There's Ur Dragon somewhere. Sign of the Ur Dragon is still expensive. You know, you're getting into Corval, you're getting into Old Nabo, and you're getting into Utavra Hellkite. These are just expensive dragons, and there's lots of other expensive dragons I could put in in their places, but you know, like at some point, if you're going to play dragons, you're going to pay a price. Like you can't all play bad dragons because then you don't win. <laughs> like just bottom line, you're just not going to win. But with, um, you know, you play some number of the expensive dragons and play some number of bad dragons, like a Tarka world render, and then you move on with life. Um, and then, uh, you know, if that doesn't win you the game, you sneak a win with Revel and Riches. Because, you know, that seems like a good way to possibly cheese your opponents out if they aren't paying attention. Um, and then That's in the one of my favorite, absolute favorite win cons in Commander is Revel and Riches. Especially in decks that people don't recognize, like, they're not, uh, they're not expecting it. And you're just like, Revel and Riches, board wipe. <laughs> I win. It's, oh, it's great. Yes, it's always good times. Um, and then the mana base. The mana base here, folks, is still expensive. It's a hundred dollars worth of worth of land for your deck. But um, I'm instead of playing shocks and fetches, which is you know arguably a three hundred dollar mana base, um, we're playing pathways. I think the pathways are criminally underplayed, uh, and I think they're really good because they never cost you life. And when you're playing dragons, you can't afford to have your land ever come into play. The fact you can get pathways and your pathways are coming into play, um, you know, in a 
untapped position, you know, by default, that is good. Um, the other piece you run into is things like the buddy lands, which I think are, you know, they're, they cost more than a basic, but I think they're reasonable and budget friendly options for two mana like lands that make two two colors of mana um, without breaking the bank too badly. And then some number of all the different uh, basics so that you could possibly have your buddy lands come to play untapped. And some things like Terramorphic Expanse and Evolving Wilds and things of that ilk. So, yeah, that's the deck. Patrick, any uh, any thoughts, any ideas, any, any I, concerns? I absolutely love this deck. Um, I, I think it's it's flavorful because you've got, you know, the, the Tiamat with the whole uh, dragon sub theme going on um and i just i love dragons they're just so much they they take off so fast but i also there's a little bit of control aspect to it and i'm just i'm a sucker for control um and there's a couple of sneaky win cons like you were saying with reckless fire weaver like if you spell swindle somebody's like eight drop with reckless fire weaver that's eight to each opponent like dude (laughs) yeah no it's 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 it can get can get kind of wild it's crazy Um, it also gave me an opportunity to play Crackling Doom, and I love some <laughs> Crackling Doom. <laughs> I I can't blame you. That's a great one. I do have I have two suggestions, if I may. Go for it. Uh, there's a card that might do well in this, and it might not. I could see an argument for not putting it in. Uh, Second Harvest. Um, and if you're unfamiliar for listeners, it's uh, it's an it's a green instant for two green green, and it says for each token you control, create a token that's a copy of that. Um, oh. So you could you could for four copy all of your treasures and then there's a, a pet card that i have every single deck that i have ever played that has red <laughs> runs brass's bounty and it yes it costs seven it costs six and a red but it says for each land you control create a treasure artifact so even at t- the earliest turn seven you have doubled your mana uh, and with, oh, with the various ways that you can abuse the the treasures not just for for um, sacking them for mana, this I think would would be a great addition to the stack. I think I like I like the the addition of Brass's Bounty and the fact that I didn't put it in here is a little bit disappointing in myself. Um, <laughs> the question becomes, what do I chop? Right, that's um, that's the thing. That's always the hardest part about Commander decks is what is the card that you take out? Yeah, I think it might be <clears throat> something like ongoing investigation, um, which I like, but meh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's uh well what it is is it is a it is a conditional draw spell right like right um brass's bounty is a mana doubler like that's how you look at it folks you look right. at it as a mana doubler and it does gross things and you just laugh <laughs> so <clears throat> oh I forgot treasure map because treasure map turns into an awesome way to use your treasure that's a draw, great one too yeah just to, just to play cards just to play all the cards and dragon's horde. I think Dragon's Horde is good in a deck when you when you have dragons. Yep, I so, definitely agree with that. Yeah. So, um, I like Second Harvest too. Where? What do I put? What do I take out for that? Well, maybe I take it. Maybe I drop like a Ruly Caretaker. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Drop a <laughs> Caretaker, and we're gonna play a Second Harvest. Because nice. you know that seems like that seems like fun. Seems like I like it. Fun. Yeah. Well, and mean, this is definitely a deck too that if like like we were talking about getting into commander, I mean uh, maybe it's a little intimidating with some of the dragons, but going forward, 
this is definitely a deck that you could you could you could look at upgrading uh, over time, kind of thing. Start turning yeah. some of your basics into shocklands, and and I think this is a a great place to start for bugs. I also um, I don't know if if I missed this or not, but you mentioned or there's two Sarkins in here. Um, oh, I didn't really dress those guys, but they are fun. Um, <clears throat> so uh, of the two of them, uh, Sarkon and Broken is my favorite. I agree. <laughs> Um, as much as Sarkon Fireblood, Sarkon Fireblood is like dialed in. He's like, I'm in my lane. I'm doing the dragon thing, and like that is all I want to do. Um, because like the plus one that makes mana to make to cast dragons is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Right. Oh, for sure. And uh, I have absolutely like just clowned opponents in. Like, I remember when this was in standard, and I just got opponents with his ultimate just because I could. <laughs> and uh you're like well i win the game now because i made all these daggerons good luck um so i do have a soft spot for mr sarkon fireblood but sarkon unbroken the teamer colored one from dragons of charkir um i have a real soft spot for this because this card is like kind of like my jam um but like the fact that you can protect yourself by making a daggeron if you want to yeah uh, then you draw cards and make mana and then the ultimate is you just put you all the daggerons on play. <laughs> you I'm literally like, just flip your deck. Yeah, I'm just gonna flip all the and like let's be honest, folks. Let's go count all the daggerons in the deck. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one dragons. Twenty-two That's... dragons. That's, that's a lot of dragons. Ridiculous. And then they all trigger off of various things. That's that's crazy. Uh, I think Laughless would be hilarious. You put Laughless first, and then they... <laughs> Laughless a cast yep. trigger? Nope, it's not a cast trigger. No, nope, it's so, an enter. So you play cat Laughless first, then everybody else piles in after that Laughless, and then all the dragons make friends. That's and gross. And then the Terror of the Peak follows along, and you burn your <laughs> opponents out. Because that seems like fun, right? Yeah. No, uh, definitely the two the two Sarkons were were designed intentionally to go in this sort of shenanigans, and there's no other word for this. This is just shenanigans. This, um, yep, shenanigans. But it's funny, and uh, I kind of want to build it just for the giggles. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's the story, folks. The Tiamat with treasures, uh, and no, and and modest amounts of mana ramp. Good. Could I be playing with fire with this one and, and like like it could totally backfire, and I don't make enough treasure? Yes, yeah. yes, I could. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay <laughs> because it's going to be funny. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right, folks. So uh, thanks for those suggestions, Patrick. Those are great ideas. Of course, Grass's bounty and and second harvest are now in the deck. Uh, for people who want to playing along at home, you can follow follow along and check it out on the deck list. All right, um, that's going to bring us to the end of tonight's show. Uh, I want to express a thank you to Patrick for coming on and joining us. Patrick, if people wanted to reach out to you on the internet and, and get a hold of you, how could they go and do such? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on here. But uh, the honestly, the easiest way to get a hold of me is to find me in the Lotus Council Discord. I hang out there every day. Uh, everybody in the Discord kind of knows. I am and and pop your head in, ask questions, come say hi. That's that's gonna be the best way to find me. Absolutely. 
Um, if people want to get a hold of us here on the show, uh, you can contact us at our email address at the Lotus. Sorry, that's not that's Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> that will, will be in the show notes down below, so you don't have to remember that. Good thing because I forget it too, apparently. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you, our Twitter handle is at Epic EXP Cast. Uh, that's probably the fastest way to get a hold of us because I check there all the time. Uh, if you like our decks, you can find it all this week's deck, last week's deck, and any other deck on Moxfield um, under the username The Epic Experiment Podcast. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Leave questions, ask comments, like, follow, subscribe on whatever platform you are on. So whether you are on Podbean or iTunes or Google Play or just following along on thelowestcouncil.com. Um, we're also now on Spotify and Amazon, so there's lots of places where you can find us and hear what we have to say. Um, so here, folks, I'm going to let you guys know we're going to be taking a bit of a break, uh, a vacation for the month of August. Um, but you better believe that we'll be back start of September um, and getting geared up for the release of, of the, the two sets from Innistrad. I forget what they're called. One's like vampire wedding time and the other was werewolf goofiness <laughs> um, and kind of jazzed for the werewolves. A little less jazzed for the vampires, but that's okay because I'm just some grumpy old man up here in Canada and no one cares what I think. So, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we'll be taking a month of it, some vacation time and uh, you know, maybe maybe we jam some games and just decompress. Because like, I'll be honest, sir, Patrick, we've gone like 75 weeks straight with uh, apart from I think the odd one we missed, but like just what every week we've been on and recording and. You know what? Sometimes you just need to take a break, right? Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you, uh, both of you, on on seventy five. That's that is awesome. That's crazy that that it's especially seventy five weeks in a row. That's crazy. That's pure dedication. Uh, congrats, proud of you guys. Uh, and this podcast has has been amazing for seventy five episodes, and I am so excited to listen to seventy five more. Sweet. Well, we're gonna certainly be doing our best to get that far. Um, so we've got, we're taking a bit of a break, um, but until we are back, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you get Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.